0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Once again, the wisdom to receive from you as the Word comes, energizes us, quicken us, and give us the transformation that we need via the your word as we become effectual in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, I'm probably, I just want to believe that I'll be able to round up today on the subject we're dealing with, with the authority of the believer. And, uh, I'm sure some of you have started exercising your authority, because imperative you understand that. If you're given a privilege, and an opportunity, and if you don't use it, of course, it will be wasted. And the opportunity and the privilege the Lord is given to you, is to use his name. Anytime, anywhere. And so, I'm going to analyze a few things again from the previous studies Pastor to be able To get across to you some of the things that you should do and things you should not do in relation to using the name of the Lord. That way, whenever you get results, as it should be. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's start again from John 15, verse 16. They said, You have not chosen me. Praise God. One minute. Let's, let's, okay. Okay. No, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. Let me just go straight to what I want here today. I don't want to start from there. We can start from the same chapter, Philippians, please. Which we read last week. Let's start from there. Philippians 2, 5. Let it might be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who be in the form of God, thought in a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of, His servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And he found a fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also, as Ali exhorted him, and gave him a name which is above every name, every name. He gave him a name that is above every name. He gave him authority. which is above every other authority. Hallelujah. So you got to name whatever name it is. Maybe you've been in the hospital. They give you the name of your sickness. Whatever. The Bible said the name of Jesus above that name. That you've been given. It's above every. And I want you to get the fact. is every other name. This name is above it. Amen. And he said that the name of Jesus ever kneels shall bow of tongues in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue she confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Every thong she confess, every power she confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God to the glory of the Father. You need to understand that it's very important. Okay, John fifteen. I mean fourteen thirteen. John fourteen verse thirteen. And whatsoever you should ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you should ask anything in my name, I'll do it. We said this last week, and it's very important. If you should ask anything in my name, I'll do it. What, what What is your prayer like? What is your focus in your prayer? I mean, the point is, when you come to the understanding of what we're talking about, when you pray, you pray with a conviction because he gave you the opportunity, he gave you the ticket, he gave you the privilege. Whatever you should ask in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. And uh, remember, the first time we started the study, we talked about the issue of First Samuel 25, and we read from 5 to 12. We're not going to be doing that now. But you remember how David sent his servant unto Nadab. Is that okay? He sent his servant unto Nadab. And he said, when you go there, speak this in my name. And I try to define for you what it stands for. He speaks of the authority of the one that is sending you. In my name. Go to Nadab and ask him for this vision. Let, let me have those things in my name. You talk to him in my name. Not in what you think, not in what you feel, but in my name. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be analyzing a few things. Some of them I gave to you the last time. Number one. Don't ask expecting the result because of who you are or can do, but because of his name. Don't ask when you're praying, you're not praying and having the expectation because of what you can do, or even because of what how do I put it? What do you think of yourself? It has to be in his name. Don't ask expecting the results because of who you are, or can do what you can do, but because of his name. You pray and expect the results because of his name, not because of who you are, not because of what you can do, no, but because of his name. So you should expect results. I explained that to you the last time. If somebody gives you a check to go to the bank, you expect to get the money cash because the person that gave you the check have the money in the bank and its name is in the check you can cast the check without conviction and confidence in the bank as a matter of fact this is what happens if you get a check to the bank and the cash is not there they are going to say hey hold on we want to call the person that gave you this check how I many of you feel me about what I am saying Yeah, they have to call the person the person is going to explain himself whether the money is there or not He's going to explain, he's going to ask the bankers, okay, can you check for him, or wait, or as the case may be, he's going to explain himself. Hallelujah. And so, if you got a check from God, even if your bank manager, I want to ask God a question. Before ever he picks the phone to call God, whatever it is, he's is very much convinced that he has what it takes to cash the check for you. Is that okay? In his name, I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's not because of who you are. It's not because of what you can do. It's not even because you can pray so much that you get results. No. But when you pray with the understanding of who he is in relation to his name, you get results. Praise the living God. You get me? I want you to understand this relationship in terms of your prayer. You're praying, you're expecting result because the person that you're praying in his name has the answer. Prayer is answering. Amen? Except you're praying a miss. You see, the Bible says nobody you can ask for bread and God gives you a stone. Neither will you ask for fish and gives you a serpent. That means you get what you ask for. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at John 10, verse 23, 25, rather. John ten, twenty-five. Jesus answered them, I told you, and I believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Hallelujah. The works that I do in my Father's name, the bear witness of me. Meaning, his authority and power was coming from the Father. And caused that the name of the Father. If Jesus relied on God's name which is nature and character to do stuff, you can also rely on the name and the character of Jesus to do what? To do stuff. Jesus is simply saying, if I pray I get result, not because of me, but because of the name of the Father, or the nature of the Father. Praise the living God. Now look at that again. I told you, and you believe now, the works that I do, in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He could use somebody's his name, and you have been given the authority to use Jesus Christ's name and give him that name is above every other name. Hallelujah. So that the point. Jesus was not expecting a result because of who he claims to be, but because of his relationship to who? To God. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. This is his framework. He has the understanding that I am one with God and I'm not doing this all by myself. It's God I have to be glorified. He is the one that sent me. So, whatever Then he was doing was actually connected to his relationship with God. And that's what I'm trying to make you see. If Jesus can do that, you too can do it in his name. Hallelujah. Number two here. You get result because God recognizes who sent you. You get result because God recognizes who sent you. You're praying in the name of Jesus. God recognizes the one that sent you, which is Jesus Himself. Because He is the one that gave Him the name that you are using. Amen. So number one, you're not getting results because of your expectation of who you are, what you think you can know. You're getting results because the one that gave the name, backs up the name. It's God that gave him a name that's above every other name, so he backs up the name when you're using it. So you pray to God in the name of Jesus, then you're going to get your result. Why? Because he who gave that name to him will back it up. So what did I say? You get result because God recognizes who sent you, or the name you're using. He recognizes that. God acknowledges that because he's the one that gave that name. Hallelujah. Number three. Like I said before, there's the one that recognized the one that sent you, and then, okay, let me just read the scripture here before we move on. Um, John twenty twenty-one. John twenty twenty-one. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my father have sent me, even so do what I send you. The father sent him, he could do things in the name of the father. Now he sent you, and you can do things in his own name. And like I said, God recognizes the name. Because he gave him the name. Hallelujah. So number three. You can't ask without believing that a person has what you're asking for. In other words, you don't doubt when you pray. You can't ask without believing that the person has what you're asking for typical example was David knew Nabah had what he was asking for when he sent his servants. Amen. When he sent his servant to Nabal go ask him for this in my name he knew that Nabal had what he was asking for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah so you are not praying without that understanding that the man you are praying to have what you are asking for. You have to establish that in your thinking, in your mind, while you pray. We're talking about the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Good. So David sent the servant to Nadab and said, You go ask him in my name, I need this stuff. Now not, I mean David knew that Naba was a rich man, he had resources, he had the provision, everything was asking for. David knew Nada had them. Amen. So when you are praying, you have to have that understanding that God has what you're asking for. In fact, He has more than enough of what you're asking for. Praise the living God. You've got to have that conviction in your heart when you need Him to pray or when you're walking around praying you have to have that mental understanding that gets into your subconscious mind that the person I'm asking this for has it. Amen? He's not going to go borrow. No. He knows exactly what he's asking for. He has it with the name. David knew. that number has everything he was asking for. Go ask him my name. I know he has it. He'll be able to give to us. Praise the Lord. So get that right. That's number three point. Establish a fight. you praying to God, you convince God has what you are asking for, and He'll give it to you. Hallelujah. Number four: the servant should not be grieved if the answer did not come. You don't begin to doubt God. Because he didn't get answer once to the request you made. You said, David, what do you mean? Here is what I'm saying. The servant went to Nabab. Nabah. Is that okay? They requested for that which David asked them to request for. But the man turned them down. He didn't give the answer to them. Though no, this is not like God, but I just wanted to get something right. Now they didn't get offended because they didn't get what they asked for. They only came back to report to David who sent them. Sometimes we pray, we don't get answer, we get offended. We can even turn back on God without realizing that God may not want to give you exactly what you're looking for, either because you're unable to handle what He wants to give to you. I don't know if you're getting this. So, you don't get offended when you pray sometimes. Okay, pastor say we pray in the name of Jesus. Anything we ask for is going to give to us. I'm praying for this. I've not gotten it. There might be a reason why God is not releasing that into you. That's why you don't have to get offended. You just persist. And sometimes He answers you in a different way. If you read the scripture, we find out Jesus prayed that the cup be taken away from him. In Gethsemane, What he was trying to say, Lord, if it is possible, don't let me go to the cross. Because of the burden, when he saw what is going to happen, the pains and all that. And he went to God and said, like, if it's possible, take this cup of death from me. If you read the book of Hebrews, the Bible said, God answered him by sending in to strengthen him. What he asked for was not what God gave to him. He asked to be taken away from not going to the cross. God gave him anger to strengthen him to go to the cross. I don't know if you're getting that. So sometimes the things you're asking for are not what God wants to give to you. And so if you don't understand how it works, you may be thinking God did not answer your prayers. So if you look at the case of Jesus, you might think God did not answer his prayers, but God did. He sent the angel to strengthen him because that is his will for Jesus at that time. He's got to go to the cross. So the fear of death and everything that was, you know, remember when I was praying, sweating, the Bible tells us that the sweat was like blood coming out of him. Literally it would have fainted if God had not strengthened him. But God strengthened him so that he can be able to go to the cross. But that was the answer that he got. Even though that was not what he was praying for, he got an answer. Why? Because the ultimate goal of going to the cross is what God has in mind for him. So there are certain things you'll be praying. Look at the book of Second Corinthians, you find the same principle. When Moses, I mean, Paul prayed and said, God, take this cup from me. I mean, if you understand that. This ton of flesh, take it from me. He said, I fasted three times that God may take this from me. But what happened? The Bible said, my strength is made perfect. What? in witness. My grace is sufficient for you. That means this is what you need. If, if I take this from you, you are going to get into a boisterous attitude. So I have kept the turn on the flesh to humble you. I'm not taking it away. He prayed for it. God gave him a different answer. The answer of humility is what he gave to him. God answered the prayer. Are you following what I'm saying here? So there are some things... You could be a woman praying now, oh, God, change my husband. And if this man is not behaving well, I want this man to change. Or maybe your wife, I need this man to change, I need my smile to change. God will say, it is you that I need to work on, not the person. I just need to work on you. If you change, that man will change. The answer may not be the person, the answer may be yourself. God may be revealing to you in the midst of your prayer that you have a character default that is causing the problem in the family. So, in an attempt to change your husband, God changes you. I don't ever get in this. Praise God. It is still an answer from God, but we don't sometimes see it because that is not what we are praying for. That's why I'm saying, when you pray to God and you don't get the answer you are looking for, don't get offended. He knows better what to give to you. Are you still following me? Because you say, Pastor said, if you pray, we must get the answer. Pray in the name of Jesus, I'm get whatever thing we pray for. Yes! That's exactly what the Bible says. But whatever didn't it come the way you're looking for, it simply means it came in another way. Then you have to be designing when you pray. Praise the living God. Are you following me? And this is very, very important. And like I said, sometimes it is you that God wants to change. Not your other person, not your spouse, not your husband, not your wife. It could just be you. You may not have seen it. Amen? Good. Okay. Number, what number am I on? Number four? Okay. Don't ask for selfish reasons, but that your master God and Christ may be glorified. The servant asks on behalf of David, not for anything else. In other words, remember, Jesus said, when you ask anything in my name, the Lord will do it that the Father may be what? Glorified. You are not asking for your own glory. You are asking that God may be glorified in the answer that you are getting. That is why it is seeker for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things shall be what? Added unto you. You're not seeking to be exalted. You're not seeking to be glorified. You're not asking for things that will take you up. Everybody, yeah, very soon people will know me. In this city that we know. No, 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 no. You go into all of that, you're not going to get an answer. It is what bring glory to God that He answers. Praise the living God. It is what we exhort in the name of God. It is what bring glory to his name. To the name of Jesus. That is the answer that comes. But if you're praying because you want to be popular, you want to be known, you want people to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want them to come worship you. No, no, no. You're not going to get results out of that. What did I say? Don't ask for selfish reasons, but that your master God and Christ will be glorified. Amen? Praise the living God. So you need them to pray. The question is, will this bring glory to God? If I get the answer, will it bring glory to God? You think about that. When you're praying. If I get answer to this request now, what glory will it bring to God? Praise the living God. Those are the things you must you must find out when you need them to pray. Your conscience should be able to let you know that if this say you're praying for, the result should come, it's not going to bring glory to who? To God. You pray to bring glory to God. You pray that your answers to magnify God, exhort God, glorify God, cause more people to know God, to to exhort God. That is the prayer that God answers. That is how the name works. Now, I'm saying all of this so that you pray some prayer, which James will call selfish prayers, that you may consume it for your own loss, and God doesn't answer the prayer. Remember James said that, You pray and you get none because you pray and you're consuming for your own loss, So God does not answer those prayers. So you pray that you don't get an answer. I begin to wonder what David taught is not true. What the Bible said is not true. I've been praying for this. Remember, I'm asking you, the prayer you're praying, what is it for? Is it to glorify your name or to glorify his name? Is it to make you more popular or to make him known? Somebody once came to me once and he said, Because I taught the scripture, uh, I think in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 41, we're talking about, verse um, 1 there. Desire spiritual gift. Remember that. But above all, desire that you may prophesy, whatever the case may be. And the person came and said, And I taught and I made them to understand, the Lord is not asking you to ask for the gift of prophecy that's not what the bible is actually saying paul was acting a kind of rhetoric question right because when you drop down to chapter 40 he said i show you a more excellent way which had to do with of love and all of that you understand that okay now the question was you are asking for spiritual gift i mean in terms of prophecy everybody wants to prophesy it becomes a kind of competition and he said no you don't need to do that you understand that? You, what you need is what? Love. Because even if you can prophesy and you don't have love, you're not going to exalt God. That's why chapter 10 can, I'll show you a more excellent way. It has to do with the fact that. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 12. I'll the last verse. Let's look, let me show you something. Oh, glory. 1 Corinthians twelve. just give on the last verse. Let's look at that very quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. And the last verse. I need you to get this. It's, it's important because people don't understand what Paul was trying to say there. And he's saying, what, 12 and 11 verse. No, no, go to chapter 13 rather. Okay, sorry, it's there. It's there. But convert, honestly, go back a little bit. Go back to verse uh, 29. Let's forget 29. Our apostles are all prophets. Our teachers are our workers of miracles. And then the next thing is, have all the gift of healing. Do all speak with tongues. Do all interpret. And then the next thing is, but covet earnestly. That means they were coveting. Now you look at it, say, but covet earnestly the best gift. And yet yeah, show I unto thee a more what? Excellent way. Go back to another translation. Go back to maybe New Living or whatever. Verse 31. Covert means desire. Is that okay? Okay. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gift. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. That when you drop to chapter 13, begin to show you what? Love. So this converting, if people now begin to think it's a converting spiritual gift, they want to convert... Prophesying, want to covet being a prophet. You understand what I'm trying to say? I said, that is not what Paul is trying to say. In the true sense, when you study this, he's trying to say, you are coveting this, but I'm going to show you a more excellent way. You understand that? You don't covet. In the sense that God said, the Bible tells us, if you look at it from the top, he said, God distributes this gift to whosoever he wills. So God can come somebody as a prophet. God can come somebody as an apostle, as a teacher. Whatever the case may be. You don't have to go convert that man's gift. That's what he's trying to teach. I don't know if you're getting that. So for instance, if you're praying that you want to be a prophet, <laughs> and God didn't give you the gift of a prophet, what happens? You might begin to feel, well... Either the teaching is not true or the word of God is not true. I shared him, I think last week, right? I shared a picture of a a young guy in in, in the East, be fasting for 40, 40 days, yeah, 40 days and 40 nights. And he want to be a prophet, miracle worker. You look at him, it was already bones. They have to rush him to the hospital. It was already bones. You understand that? Because you want to be like Jesus, you want to get miracles, powerful signs, and wonders. You don't seek the gift like that. God distributes the gift based on what He wants to use you to do. That's why some people, when they seek this thing and it's not coming, the next thing they're going to look for. um, You understand that? They go to places to do whatever charms and all that, so that they can see vision. and It's all crazy. That is not what Bible is selling us. That's not what the Bible is teaching us. You don't desire any of those things. As you walk with him, he knows what he wants to use you to do. And he gives that to you. Bible says he distributes according to his will. Praise the Lord. So I'm saying this so that you know how to pray. And then you don't desire, like I said before, Every prayer you're offering is that which we... The result, we have to glorify God. We have to exalt God. We have to magnify God. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Alright. The next thing I would like to show you is... That's number six, right? Listen to what the Spirit wants. Like I said before... When David asked them to go, or even when they came back, the servant didn't ask David why. They never asked David any question. You listen to what the spirit wants. When the servants were going, you go. They didn't ask him, why must we go and take or whatever. No, no, no. When they came back, they never gave them anything back to David. They didn't say, why is it that they were not giving to us? They didn't ask any question you are just praying you are a messenger you follow what the spirit leads you to do okay let's look at romans 8 chapter 14. romans eight fourteen. 14. you see there is a sister here with us she's pregnant i'm not looking on natural pregnancy sister is elderly she's pregnant Pregnancy actually speaks of ideas thought patterns they could be good they could be bad I'm going to be praying that God will help you process your thought patterns because you're pregnant and this pregnancy may come forth it's like a dream like the Bible says we've been pregnant no power to push and it's all wind. It will not produce results. There are pregnancies that doesn't bring results in the spirit realm. In other words, the ideas you have, the thought pattern you are processing, as long as they will not bring glory to God, God will not allow them to come to fruition. So, like Israel we said, who got aborted pregnancies. Why? Because what they were conceiving... Was not going to bring glory unto who? Unto God. The Lord will help that sister in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 8 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit is that making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be word- altered. When you start praying in the spirit, there are things that comes false that the spirit enables you to begin to process. Now you don't you are not the one praying, though you are the one praying, but the spirit takes over. That is why, as a matter of fact, it is ultimately good that you pray in tongues. You know how to pray in tongues in your own quiet time. You have to understand that tongues is not necessarily how do I put it? This is like groaning in the spirit. This is not just self edification, which you find in Jude, you know, condemned for the faith. And uh, this is not Act chapter two. I've explained that before to you. Act chapter two tongues is for witnessing. That is why when they started speaking in tongues, all those that came to Jerusalem for the feast they were hearing in their own languages. But this one is intercessory prayer. Your personal burden. And the Holy Spirit. There are things that you see. You come to a place that you don't really know what to say. You can't articulate what you say. But you pray in the spirit. And God takes that. I mean, the Holy Spirit takes that your prayer. And gets into the throne of God. And get reserved for you. Praise the living God. So Paul says. I pray my understanding. I also pray what? In the spirit. This is praying in the spirit. And in this context, sometimes you are not saying anything, you're just praying in tongues and in the Spirit. God takes, I mean the Holy Spirit takes that your burden and takes it to God. You understand that? You look at someone like a woman who wants to deliver, some of them without go mmm, mmm, mm. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they are actually, they are in a burden situation, they are in a terrible situation, they are in pains. they are in pressure. That's, it, that's what I'm saying. When you get to a burden situation about certain things in your life, you just burden, you're just squeezing, you're talking to God. You don't even know what you're saying. The Holy Spirit takes that burden before the throne of grace and then brings answer to you. Praise the living God. So this is more of an intercessory kind of prayer. So read it again, you see that. Romans 8, I said for them. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then I jump to 26, I'm sure. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. 26. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit is a word, make an intersection for our groaning, which cannot be what, altered. Did they get that? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, our inability to articulate what we want. Our witnesses are human beings. In other words, to avoid praying in means, we pray in the spirit. Are you getting that? For we know not what we should pray for, or as we ought to. In other words, we don't understand what we ought to be praying for. We don't know which way to go. We don't even know what God wants for us. So, you pray in the dimension, it's about the Spirit the make an intersection for us with groanings, which cannot be altered. A woman is in labor, groans. You are in pains. And the Holy Spirit takes that burden, take it to the throne of God, and bring answers to you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. This is not just praying, that the way we pray, blah, 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 all those ones, whatever, you know. This is beyond that. This is when you are under pressure. This is a burden. You're carrying a burden. You need something to be done. But you don't even know what to pray for. You lost. Sometimes you come to a place in your life you don't, I've been praying for this for such a long time. I don't even know what to pray again. Have you come to that once in a while in your life? I don't even want to pray again about this situation. Yeah, that's why you turn to the spirit now. You begin to pray in the spirit. And God takes that your groaning, that your pains, that your body, Take it before the Lord. I mean the Holy Spirit. And then God gives you an answer. Praise God. Okay, see, we just need to complete this today. The next one is number seven, I'm sure. Ah. The the, the the disciples, or yes, the messengers of David, they went to the man. They spoke in the name of David, and they stopped. They didn't continue with anything else. Specific mission, specific assignment. You don't go beyond that. I don't forget in this. Yeah, they went to Naboth, and they said, "This is what David said," and they stopped. No more. And that is the way it should be. The spoke and says, meaning we pray according to his will. You don't bring in your oratory or feelings into the equation when you're praying to God. You really want to get answers? No, 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 no. Pray according to his will, cease. But go beyond that. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. The disciples, I mean, the messenger of David, they went to Nabam and they said, Our master said, give us food for him. And they stopped. That's all. (laughs) You're praying his name, right? They're requesting the name of David. They don't have to add their own feelings, their own thoughts. No, no, no. They don't have to add other things. Give us food that you can add an animal to eat and uh, you know, make it very nice. No, no. They didn't add anything to that. They just simply went and said, my master said, give us food for him and his people. And that's all. You pray and end your prayers in the will of God. In his name. Don't bring your oratory there. how many things you can say. and that's why Jesus said, you don't have to think that it's in much speaking that God gives you an answer when you pray. How I many of you understand that? It's not not in much speaking. No. Praise God. Okay, let me take this last one, maybe. Number eight here. Recognize your union with the Father. When you're praying, John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10. Praise God. Believe it, doubt, doubt that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He do what it works. Verse 11. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Praise God. Hmm. If you don't believe me, then I am in the Father, and the Father in me, that we are all one, both of us, that believe the work. Because it's not me that is doing the work, it's the Father that is doing the work. So when you're praying, I have that understanding. You are one with God. especially, Knowing the fact that you are his son. You are one with God. So when you pray to God, pray with that understanding. Pray with that conviction. I'm united to God. And so, it's not even me that will give the answer. It's going to be God who gives the answer. Amen. Jesus was doing whatever they were doing. Praying getting signs, I mean miracles and all of that, but he was saying it's not me, it's the father resident in me. That is why you must come to that place like he was, I do nothing except what I see the father do. When you are united with the father, he gives you an understanding when you are praying, even on what to pray for. Is that okay? Yes. You, you, you see, you won't be praying a means when you have this relationship with God. The Spirit will give you direction of what to pray for. Praise the living God. Are you listening to me? Yeah. In fact, merely you may not even necessarily kneel down. Whatever the case may be, you can even be lying down, like David would say. You can even be lying down, but God be communicating to you based on your thought pattern, based on what you feel. Prayer is not only when you verbalize what you say, prayer is also meditating, thinking about what you want. I've showed you there before. God will do exceedingly above what that you ask or think. Is that okay? Right. So sometimes you can even be lying down your bed, you're just thinking the thoughts of God, answers come. God comes in there. Know this fact. Anywhere you are, you are always with God. God is always with you. Amen. Praise the living God so when we walk this way we can always get the name of Jesus to produce result for us remember we are talking about the authority of the believer these are the conditions that you seem to so work with to make you the authority what you should be powerful you know result oriented when you begin to live with this understanding praise the living God especially like I said this last one is very important you united, you been united with God, you become one with God you are union with God once you understand that you can always get result when you pray because it's not you it's him and even result doesn't come maybe you are praying for somebody, you didn't get result don't get offended don't get disturbed, it's not about you God may probably not want or timing to do something at that time It's not about you. If you get offended, that means it's you that was about to produce the results. So you must take yourself away from the results. That is why you don't get boisterous when miracles happen, thinking that you have done it. You must take the credit back to who? To God. It's not you. Praise the living God. It's not about you. It's about God. You heal people, you do science I wonders and a miracle, it's a by God, it's God. That's why everything you do must bring glory to, to God. So once you understand that in your relationship, you are just a messenger, you are just a servant. So anytime you're praying for people, always have that conviction. I am not the one, he is the one. He is the one doing the healing. He is the one to perform the signs, I want and a and miracle. He is the one to cast out the devils. if you will. You're only speaking this using your voice. He sees in your hands. He sees in your eyes. He sees in hearing every bit of your senses. He uses them to accomplish what he wants for himself. So don't feel guilty. You pray somebody is not healed. No. You pray for B, B can get healed. If you pray for A, it didn't get healed. B can get healed. God have a reason why the A you pray for didn't get healed. Amen. If you get angry because you pray for A, you didn't get healed, that means you want to take the credit. You think that you are the one that does the healing. And that's why people fake miracles. Is that okay? Yeah. That's why they put on crusade and miracles and so you are not healed. They say, Oh, your faith. You don't have faith to be healed. You don't have faith, that's why you're not healed. Who told you that? What about the person that Jesus raised that was dead? What was the faith of the person that was dead? Did the person have faith? Huh? What of the God that fell from the rooftop when Paul was teaching and raised him from the dead? Was the dead man having faith? No. No, we just try to do, oh, you don't have faith, that's why. No. God doesn't want to do something right then at that moment. And maybe you also want to take the credit. You understand that? These are simple ways you walk with God. You can observe and receive signs of wonders and God's name is well glorified. Understand when miracles happen, it's not you, it's God. Praise the living God. And if God chooses not to perform one, no problem. God is the God. Daniel and his brother say, if God saved us, fine. If he didn't save us, fine. God is the God. You're not measuring God by the miracles that he performs. No, no, no. God is the God. So your prayers, you pray whether they come to pass or not, God is the God. You can change him. You're not going to to accuse him and say, why did he do that? No, 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 no. He knows exactly what to do what. When and when he knows, not you. So you got to be united with God. And Jesus said, You better understand this. Anything I do, if you don't want to believe me, believe the works for the Father's sake. For it's not me doing the miracles, it's God. Uh, I won't mention that, to some of you maybe when I said Jesus did not perform any miracle, and it may look confusing to you, but it's the understanding. Because Jesus never said that I don't do nothing except what the Father does. So all the miracles he performed were through The Father. Understand that. So, take yourself out of the equation. Allow God to do what He wants to do. You're praying for people, allow Him to do what He wants to do. If He doesn't want to heal, fine, praise God. That's none of your problem. You are just an instrument. So, when you get this relationship with God, you are going to see signs and wonders manifest in your life, in your prayers, in when you pray for people. Praise the living God. I gave you a story here some time ago. I mean, if you remember, when we were on the other side, you know, a sister came to fellowship. And uh, she was looking for a fruit of the womb. You may know a tall sister like that. She was a teacher. She came in and she'd been married for a couple of years. And uh, I tried to pray for her. She was standing. So I lay hands on her and she fell. You know. And then um, that's one of the reasons most time, I don't like praying for people when they are standing. She fell and she left fellowship. And for about a month she didn't come to fellowship anymore. When she came out very angry, come on, you came for prayers, and then you didn't come again. Say, Pastor, you don't understand. When you pray for me, and I fell I dislocated my shoulder, so I've been working on it. Now the baby she didn't get, and she got a broken shoulder. But here is another one that came the same season, and the John Lady actually was sent by Timothy's wife, and as she came standing before me. I was I was on my on my table, and I said, What do you want? So I have been married for 13 years. I had my first child before I married my husband. The child is big now. And then, um, But with my, my, my husband, I haven't gotten another child 13 years now. And my sister-in-law asked me to come and see you. I said, okay. So what exactly do you want? So I want my child. I want to have a baby. That's okay. Go and have your baby. And she said, are you not going to lay hands on me? I said, is it my hand you want or your baby? He said, you want the baby? I said, go and have your baby. Guess what? She went back on get pregnant before they left. of God, we have two children. I didn't lay hands on her. And somebody said, How did you get that? How did Anna get somewhere? Eli didn't lay hands on Samuel. Come on, is that in the Bible? The Bible says Eli was staying somewhere there, in there. You are drunk? You might say, I'm not drunk, I'm just okay. Go get your heart desire. And that was somewhere. This woman got two children before the letter of could go there. But the one that I lay hands on got a broken shoulder and no baby. God is God. Now I'm not going to get angry with myself because that woman didn't get a baby. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Yes, take yourself out of the equation. Whatever thing God wants to do, He will do. It's not about formulas, it's not about you know, because like the woman I lay hands on is formula, he must lay hands on people. You understand that? What about when God was creating the world, what did he lay hands on to create? Everything that came out was what he said. Let there be light, let there be trees, let there be fish. What was he lay hands on? So why do you think it has to be lay hands on people before result comes? No, 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 no. It can be other way around. Speak the word. <laughs> Isaiah said, I'm going to put my word in your mouth. You create the heavens and create the earth and say to my people, the Lord, leave it. Praise God, somebody. So what am I trying to say? Unite with God. Your words become powerful. Your prayer become powerful. Knowing that you are not the one but God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The final thing I'll share with you. And I will close on this. is: Remember when Jesus went to the pool. I've been saying this before. Jesus healed one man. And left the place. That man was not the only man. That needed healing by the pool. Am I correct? Why would Jesus go away when there are other people there? After he he got all the healing powers in his life, he could heal all the people that he wants to heal at the same time. But he healed one man and left the place. Why? Because I do nothing except what I see the Father do. On that particular day, God wanted to heal just one man. And he had a reason why he wanted to do that. He wanted to tell the people. Remember, according to the book of Acts and then Whatever, the Bible made us understand the Lord we are giving to Moses. Is that okay? And then the Bible said they were ministered by angels. So angels were made to be sparing the water. That means they have authority. Oh, help me Jesus. They have authority to bring healing. They have authority to make things work. But Jesus came and said, The error of angels doing this is over. I am the healer. I am standing here. Look unto me. Get your healing. Don't wait for the pool. Because that chapter is closed. That's what he came to do. To end the ministry of the angels there. That were stirring up the water. And they become the one that was doing the healing. But he was saying, I'm not the one. It's the father. So if God wanted him to heal three people that day, He would have done that. But God wanted to heal just one man. Just to prove this point to take the eyes away from the pool and his eyes onto onto Jesus and he left this is how to walk in obedience as a child of God Miracle sense, I want us to accompany you if you understand what I'm talking about. Your prayer will become effectual if you understand what I'm talking about. you get angry if you don't get answer to one particular prayer. Amen? You will have understanding to know how God is answering your prayer from a different perspective, from a different angle. It doesn't have to be what you're asking for. It has to be what he wants to give to you. Praise God, somebody. You can stand up. Let us pray very briefly. Hallelujah. I hope I've helped somebody this morning. Hallelujah! Let's talk to the Father. I just want you to pray. And I just want you to get committed to the God that we're talking about. I mean, get united. Get united with the Father. I just need you to come. The last point raises the key point. How that you should be united. You should be fully connected. You should be fully joined unto the Lord.